Okay, so let's start by talking about what is La Casa de Papel. What is it about? So, La Casa de Papel or Money Heist is a Spanish uh, crime thriller heist series. It was originally intended as a two-part miniseries. Um, Netflix acquired the global streaming rights last 2017 and uh, they actually recut the series because the original is... 67 to 77 minutes long uh, per episode so that's uh, roughly around one one and a half hours per episode so obviously they recut it into what is more familiar with uh with the netflix audience which is 41 to 57 minutes so basically one hour episodes netflix renewed the series in april 2018 with a mu- with a higher budget so part 3 was released with 8 episodes last uh, July 2019 and part 4 ended filming uh, quite recently actually, August 2019. So Netflix has not made confirmations yet with the release of uh, part 4. So uh, parts 1 and 2 which is season 1 and 2 on Netflix revolves around the meticulously prepared heist of the Royal Mint of Spain. The plan includes taking hostages and... So the plan is... Uh, they made the hostages work to print and escape with 2.4 billion euros. So um, I started watching the series again because it got really viral here in my country. From my research, it was really popular in Spain, in Latin America, countries, and in Mediterranean Europe. Again, I do not know if it's that big yet in North America because I literally researched... um, best TV shows of 2019, something like that. And I even researched the best TV shows on Netflix. And this show is not coming up, so I don't think it has gone really over or really viral yet with the North American audience. But I don't know. It's just, it's 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 a, it's a really good show. And I, actually, it's a really fantastic show. And I think that... This is just, I would say, just inches away from getting a American remake, you know, sort of with, with American actors and, uh, but Netflix has gotten the the rights from the from the makers, so they're gonna continue making the series. It just might continue to be as is, and I kind of like it as is because the actors are really good in this series. So let's uh, let's start. So this is the se- season one summary and review, and then once again, you know, spoiler alert. Just just you know, careful if you haven't watched the series because I'm really gonna go deep and really you know um, review as much scenes as I I can. So I remember watching episode 1 and not being really blown away by it. Maybe it's because I don't know the characters yet or because the dubbing is kind of distracting. I don't know if it's just me, but it feels like these the dubbing in the first episode was not as polished as in the latter episodes. Um, the dubbing in the episode 1 sounds like dubbing. <laughs> It felt kind of like um, anime, so maybe I should rewatch the episode one. But it just felt like the dubbing was really cheesy in the first episode. However, I love that this TV series has a narration. 
it's like a novel. It almost felt like watching a novel, if that you know makes sense to you guys. If uh, I also like the scene when they introduced the characters, because it felt like a Tarantino movie. And I also loved the professor trying to get close and even develop an intimate relationship with the main, with the main investigator, in Raquel Murillo, is the name of the character. And it's awesome because this is either a brilliant move or the downfall of the entire heist. And obviously, this thing will be paid off as the series goes on. So when I saw the scene that they were printing money. That really blew my mind. I think it happened in either the second or the third episode. So that's when I thought that the entire heist and the plot was brilliant. The stakes were definitely higher. They were not just robbing a giant safe, which is what actually every other heist movie, TV show, book has already done. This one, they're going to rob this place called the Royal Mint of Spain where where money is being printed and they're going to print money and they're going to run away with all that so that is the that is basically the the overall plan of these robbers and a big part of that plan is of course buying time so that actually is sort of a theme also of this of this entire series is they're sort of doing things to delay the the police so that they can continue printing as much money as they can they also introduced two crucial characters who are hostages namely arturo who is a bank executive and his mistress monica who is pregnant with the child so monica is a so let's say arturo is like i would say 40s and 50s and then the mistress is Monica, who is in her 20s, is the secretary. So a brilliant thing that they did for the series is the, 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 the characters, they have characters in all ages. So that's, you know, a brilliant thing that they did is that, so they have, the youngest character, I believe, is, they have a character named Rio, who is one of the robbers. He is like a teenager, I think. 16 or 18 in the show we have of course a lot of the hostages were students so they were um i believe 17 years old uh the and then uh of course the the sort of a quote-unquote main characters uh, like the tokyo the first character we met and uh his uh, boyfriend or ex-boyfriend denver they were like they were millennials so they're probably in their 20s and 30s, and of course we have the professor and uh, and Raquel Murillo, who is they probably look like they're they're in their 40s, and of course Arturo is in his 50s, and the oldest character is the mother of Raquel Murillo, who is suffering from dementia, so she's probably in her 70s or in something. So once again, once you have a show, again for me that you have characters in all different ages every anyone who watches the show even if they end up not being interested in it they find a character who they can relate to because they have someone who is in the same age as them so that's i think a brilliant thing that the show did and i would say part of the reason why they had the success that they had another very tense scene was when berlin caught monica so that's the bank secretary and uh the mistress of Arturo, uh, they, 
they were planning an escape, so they caught him, uh, her. They caught Monica with the concealed cell phone and Berlin, the leader of the heist. By the way, the, the actor who played Berlin, the actor who played Berlin named Pedro Alonso, that guy is just a brilliant actor. Like, the, the, I haven't seen a character on TV or film that I really hated. Maybe the last one was probably someone from Game of Thrones like uh like uh Joffrey and uh later on in the final season. Spoiler alert, I hated uh Daenerys because of you know things that happened, but you know, this is again another character that I hated. Uh, he was just kind of an kind of a dick. He was really bad he treated the hostages really bad. He's self-centered, you know, narcissistic. He has illusions of grandeur. He was really he is a uh emotional manipulator. He is a power manipulator and that is just such an excellent like I don't get emotional with the things that I watch and with the fiction that I consume whether it's books or TV or movies, and this guy just gets into my nerves. I really freaking hated him. So, great work to that guy. Once again, his name was uh, Pedro Alonso. So, so they have that intense scene, and uh, I believe this this episode actually ended really well. Wherein uh, Rio was pointing the gun. So the episode ended with. Basically, Berlin pointing the gun at Monica's head. So they went into the a comfort room to the to the washroom, and she's kneel, kneeling on the floor. The head, the gun is pointed in her head. And as the scene goes black, as the episode ended, we hear that bang from the gun, and that's how they ended it. So it's the 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 creators of the show is really good at getting you hooked. Ending every episode with a cliffhanger, just just hooking you in to tune in to the next episode. It's a great, great ending right there. One of the more confusing storylines, though, is uh, in season one is so it's uh, when Rio and Tokyo's identity got discovered by the police. It's either when they went inside the Royal Mint a month ago while studying about the heist. Or when they sneaked out of the professor's house to go to a music festival, which was later, of course, shown via via flashbacks. In later episodes, there was also that thing about Berlin's jacket that Rio used, which is confusing as well. This is the part of the story that felt sort of shoehorned and polished. So, you know, not every fiction is, is perfect. There's mistakes in everything, so... Or maybe I'm just confused. Anyway, that was confusing for me. That's I'll leave it there. So believing that Den- Denver ex- killed Monica under Berlin's orders, his father, uh, Moscow, uh, is devastated and attempts to turn himself in. But is of course, um, his son stopped him just in time, and Denver basically admitted to his father that that um, I didn't kill Monica. By the way, father and son dynamics in within the robbers. This was actually great. It was like, like that. That's not really something you would think about. Like, like, there's no father and son duo in Ocean's Eleven or whatever. So, 
just again small nuances like that really shows you how how interwoven or how well constructed this TV show really is and they really thought about everything they want each character to be as deep as it is like just watching it and watching a few episodes like you know something new about each character whereas let's say let's compare this to a couple of American shows like especially those police police uh, shows on TV like you you've been watching these shows for years now and you'd Many times you don't know the personal life about about the characters like like shows like NCIS or CSI. Sometimes they go deep into the, the character of the main character of the main guy or the main girl. But then the other like the co-police officers, you just don't know anything about them. They reveal something random like, oh, this guy loves to play video games. This guy is a womanizer. This girl... Uh, does cosplay on weekends or whatever, but they don't go as deep and as emotional and as psychological as um, as this show, as Money Heist. And that's, I believe, a great thing that the show did. The guy who plays Moscow, uh, the father, uh, the, the, the actor's name is Paco Toos. I hope I pronounced that right. P-A-C-O... T-O-U-S. It's the spelling of his name. He's a great actor. You really believe him that this is the this is the panic attack of a father who finds out that his son did a brutal crime. In many ways, Moscow is the conscience, quote-unquote conscience of the entire show. He talks to a lot of characters, giving them life lessons, which leads to their self-awareness. His life was not easy. He is, of course, a criminal but he gives this lessons to the younger characters like Denver, his son, and Tokyo so that they will not commit the mistakes that they are about to do. Mistakes that he as a criminal recognize from this from this uh, younger folks, you know. So uh, great, great character work and great, I would say, dramatic work to everyone involved in making the show. In the meantime, Raquel's relationship with her new friend Salva, who is also the professor, becomes more intimate, totally oblivious to the fact that it is a pseudonym assumed by the, again, by the professor. And I think the relationship of Raquel and Salva is very unique. It is not something that you see a lot in TV, but it's the thing that makes this show stand out. A big theme of the show is throw, throwing away logic and letting love consume you. So even if the, if it does not make sense, even if it puts your life in danger, and um, I believe in the first or second episode, they had the line delivered by Tokyo Bara via narration, wherein it's like if there's something, if there's something that would uh, destroy this heist, it is love, something like that, and um, I thought it's gonna, it's like a foreshadowing, it's gonna pay off later on, wherein. I don't know, maybe Denver or Tokyo does uh, something stupid and, and affects the heist. But it's like, it's a main theme in the show wherein love affected the logical thinking of all the characters. And, uh, you know, characters who are supposed to do something, 
they do something else, something very different because they fell in love. So that's a big thing that they did. I don't know, maybe maybe <laughs> the Spanish are really just romantic, but it's a, it's a thing. It's definitely the theme of the show. There's this heist, which is the main thing at the show, and then there's love. And love affects everything. It just... And it happens in real life, you know, it throws, like sometimes you throw your entire dream away just because you fell in love with this woman or you fell in love with that with this man. So, again, great work for the show. I mean, they they thought of that, they did it. It's not something that that you see everywhere. Like, <laughs> can you imagine if if Thanos and Avengers just fell in love and just stop doing the thing that he did. <laughs> it's not something that's common in, in in Hollywood, definitely. In Philippine cinema, we do have a lot of love stories. So, uh, however, when it comes to like... We have very few, unfortunately, very few movies in other genres in the Philippines because the big studios here, they just do... Sort sort of love stories, romantic comedies, and things like that. But if there is other genres like action and horror or thrillers, we we don't have this element as well, wherein people just throw away their logic because of love. And this is, I think, I don't know. It can go either way. There's probably people who would think this is corny, and there's people who would understand it because. I believe we've all been in that situation wherein we throw away a plan just because we fell in love. So, uh, great work again. Great work for Alex Pina and the entire team who made this show. Uh, another excellent and very smart scene is when they planted the Trojan horse in, uh, in the policeman's glasses, in Angel's glasses. This is when Raquel sends her police partner, Angel, Undercover with a medical team that is allowed inside the mint to treat Arturo, who was uh, mistakenly shot for one of the robbers uh, by the police. They had that scene, which is not very clear at first, where a hole is like being drilled in a metal and then a, a bug or a device was inserted in the metal and it was immediately covered, discreetly covered, and it is later revealed that this was actually Angel's glasses, and now the professor can hear every conversation that happens in the police station. Just brilliant work, brilliant character work by the professor, and a brilliant, again, plot scene in in, uh, in the show. I also loved the scrapyard scenes. I think this is the most... Hollywood scene in the entire season one, it's almost like uh, it almost felt like a North American TV show, from sneaking inside, getting chased by dogs, almost dying with that giant clamp, like he was hiding in the car and there was a giant clamp, just crushing the car and pulling it off, and then getting back in the scrapyard after escaping, sneaking in again, pretending to be a beggar and almost getting caught by Raquel. This is just pure entertainment, and again. It's very, very Hollywood. So that's what I thought about it. In the same episode, we also have Denver treating Monica inside a secret location after he shot her leg. They ended up becoming closer. And when Monica and Denver developed a relationship, this is when I realized that La Casa de Papel 
feels like a telenovela. And that's when I actually researched about Alex Pina, the creator of the show. And he is, in fact, a telenovela writer. And But more than that, he is... He's honestly so much more than that. Um, I really think you guys should research his work. I've only seen trailers, but I can say that he has some some high-quality entertainment on his resume. And I'm even planning to watch his other series after I uh, finished watching this, you know, La Casa de Papel. And um, I don't normally watch shows with subtitles but like uh, <laughs> I'm considering it for, for shows of Alex Mina he seems to be a really good writer who has like I think 10 or 10-15 years ago he was writing literally telenovelas now he's still doing TV shows in Spain and they are they're really good like I I really recommend it so the scene when Berlin found out Monica was still alive was intense as well. There was some tension within the group and they were having some mistrust among each other. And they were in like the comfort room. Guns were pointed at each other. And then Berlin, of course, Berlin opens one of the cubicles. And of course, Monica was there and he was actually kind of surprisingly calm about it. Um, it was a little bit out of character, but... Uh, I don't want to spoil anything with season 2 if you haven't seen season 2 but they're, they did that because they're building the character of Berlin that he's he's like he's not just an a-hole <laughs> like he's they're, they're really building his character and there's something deeper there that's more than the evil you know heist leader that we see so anyway the professor, for me, the prof- the character of the professor is one of the best characters in TV I have ever seen. The guy who played the professor is an actor named Alvaro Morte from Spain. He's a really, really great actor, fantastic actor. Um, I really love the character of the professor. He is morally conflicted. He thinks that the heist is a way to steal a lot of money without hurting anyone. For him, they're just basically printing paper. And um, aside from the economic drawback of printing paper, which I could not specify because I'm not an expert in economics, the hostages will, of course, have emotional and psychological trauma, which may haunt them for life. And I don't know if the professor knows it or not, but he he's smart. I know he's going to have those, like, he knows that the, these people are going to have trauma, but for him... He really just wants to steal, and he was truly dreadful. He was crying. He was, I believe, on his knees when he thought that Monica died. He even punished Berlin uh, by by leaking out information to the media about his true identity. So, just a really, really great work. Just somebody who's morally conflicted, and also he was emotionally conflicted as well because he was, he's the most... He's the most, like, meticulous person in the world, is the way I see it. And he really plotted this heist carefully. However, he fell in love with that with the woman, with Raquel Morillo, and that's something, obviously, that's going to affect the heist. So, uh, just, just great character work. Truly, truly amazing. There is a very interesting scene here when, and I will not spoil anything if you haven't, 
watched season two or three. So the professor in Berlin were speaking privately on the phone about uh, leaking the or about the leaking of uh, Berlin's identity. So Berlin said something like, "I did something wrong, and now you have to punish me." So Berlin said that, and it made me question if Berlin was the true big boss of this operation. Then they are sort of playing everyone else. Obviously the sort of the big cheese the big boss is of course the professor but with this line that hey maybe i did something wrong and now you have to punish me it made me question that oh maybe 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 berlin is really the the big boss here anyway again don't i don't want to spoil anything for season two and three and i guess we will find the answer in the upcoming episodes or the upcoming seasons so raquel used berlin's identity to leak some information to increase the mistrust among the robbers she actually leaked she leaked that berlin has a terminal illness and a few months to live which is true and she also leaked leaked uh berlin has been involved in some underage uh, sex scandal which is unconfirmed. This is all part of the strategy to make Rio surrender, who the police see as the weak link, and of course he is the youngest in the group. They even sent a message to Rio, which is a video of his parents telling him to surrender and take a plea deal with a much lower sentence. Rio is a teenager, and uh, this means that he will lose his, or he will be in his 20s once he is out of prison. However, it is revealed through the flashbacks that the professor actually educated the robbers very well, including how to handle a plea deal. He told them that the deals would be a lie and that they would still be imprisoned, uh, imprisoned for a very long time. So this is to show how smart the professor is. He really left no stones unturned and he has a solution for every problem that they make come up. Raquel uh, started to lose her trust in Angel, who was, of course, unaware of the bug that the rob- robbers planted in his glasses. While um, Arturo, again, the banker, prepares another plan to escape, but becomes devastated upon discovering Monica and Denver's affair. He actually, I think, I think the scene was he actually caught them having sex on the vault. <laughs> and uh, they even have like a fist fight I believe um, Denver and Arturo even had a fist fight. Um, Angel, again, the police, who is taken off the case, is in a coma after a car accident while drunk. Uh, he discovered that the professor's identity through fingerprints taken from his uh, cider factory. So, obviously, in an earlier episode, he confronted he confronted the, the professor in the apple apple cider uh, place he was able to steal one of his um, spoons and basically angel solved the case he find, found out who the professor is but of course he died i oh, not died he got into an accident into a coma before before he was able to tell raquel the truth so for me, this group of scenes, which I believe happened in one episode, this was the most telenovela-like in the entire season. So like I said, um, Alex Pina is like a telenovela writer, and this group of scenes is very telenovela. 
So anyway, this is why La Casa de Papel is the show for people who love high-quality TV and they hate telenovelas. But it is also the show for people who love telenovelas and they hate high-quality TV. So yeah, that's that was the thought that I came out after watching those series of scenes that felt like very much like a telenovela. So anyway, thanks to Arturo's plan, 16 hostages manages to escape and Oslo is also on the on the brink of death after he is beaten beaten by some of the hostages. Uh, by the way, before we continue, just uh, honorable mention to, first of all, uh, again, great character is, I believe, Helsinki. He's, he's gay, he's interested with guys. However, he's also a big, like a big, just bearded bound guy, just, just a big guy. He looks like, and <laughs> he looks and talks like a pro wrestler. And uh, the fact that he's gay, that's just great um, dichotomy work again. Great character work again for the show. And also, I want to give a honorable mention to Nairobi. So the character of Nairobi, the actress' name is actually Alba Flores. I don't know if, I don't know how Alba Flores talks in real life, but the character of Nairobi is just, he, he, she's just... She's an over-the-top, sort of talkative, rat-a-tat girl who just, who's also a badass. Like, like she will kill you if you cross her. And um, also, there's some nuances with her character. Obviously, she is revealed to be a, uh, she was a mother who, I believe, sold drugs. And now her son is not with her and he just wants to get back with his son he wants to be a mother again and obviously this is uh that's another thing with the show they everyone has their stories they were sort of not really unjustly treated but there was a bad thing that happened to them and they needed money and uh and that's what got them into this really horrible job of being a robber so they were just I would say failed by society is a common, another common theme in this show. Even the professor, he was like, his sick, sickness is not yet revealed, but it was said that he was sick almost his entire childhood. And um, again, you know, mon- people having money problems, what's more relatable than that? And that, that was a theme. That's why, that's why they had to do this robbery, just, they just want to have freedom. They just want to have happiness. And that's, again, great character work. By the way, the character of Nairobi, she, she's like a modern female version of Joe Pesci. Just talkative, ratatat, badass. Again, great character work again. So, um, so of course, the 16 hostages escape. Uh, this was actually great action, action scenes. What happened was some of the hostages were able to get a plastic explosive and they were able to explode a hole in one of the walls of the bank. They run outside, of course, while the SWAT team or the police from the outside shoot at the hostages through the hole. So there's guns exploding everywhere, hundreds of bullets clashing with metals, just, you know, 
just exploding and clanking and you know you hear you hear again around metallic clankings everywhere just it was just great action scenes it was like raining gunshots and bullets it was awesome especially when tokyo took out their secret weapon which is a modern day gatling gun which surprisingly they have a stronger weapon compared to the police and then of course the robbers, they were able to quickly cover the hole using a large metallic rec- rectangle and some welding equipment. And of course, I don't know if that is realistic, but that's how they literally covered the hole. They covered the plot hole. So, um, of course, Angel left several voicemails on Raquel's mobile phone as, we, as well as one of her landline exclaiming that Salva was uh, the one behind the heist. He, of course, got into a car accident before relaying the message. Very, very telenovela. And then Raquel's mother, who who has Alzheimer's disease, listens to Angel's message. Uh, She writes it down. She tries calling Raquel. And when Raquel does not answer, she calls Salva, who the mother recognizes as, you know, they're, they're going out. They're having a date. I also like the character, the mother, he just wants... Um, so Raquel is, of course, separated from his, from his husband because the husband uh, <laughs> actually had a relationship with the sister of Raquel. Once again, very, very telenovela. So um, when the professor realizes that he has to kill Raquel's mother, this was a very emotional scene. Salva slash the professor cried and you know he broke down on his knees combining the the plot of a of a show or a movie with family or personal drama is always difficult in any form of fiction it is rarely rarely captured well but they were able to do that with this scene they were actually able to do this in the entire episode because it's literally everyone has some sort of personal problem I think that that's that's what good fiction does give everyone a problem. So everyone in the show has a personal problem, and it clashes with the plot. And um, it reminded me of scenes from The Sopranos or Breaking Bad. These are both obviously excellent TV shows, both great at combining plot points with family drama. So Salva goes to Raquel's home and poisons. Uh, her mother's coffee, but he cannot go through with it. And um, at the very last second, just before the woman sips the coffee, she he actually slaps the coffee out of her hand. So this was a really tension-filled scene. Great tension that is rarely captured in TV or film. When the mother thinks it was her fault, he realizes that uh, the mother has Alzheimer's disease and uh, Salva simply deletes the message. Uh, on her phone. The final scene of the season of season one, or part one in Spain, is Raquel finally found the robber's villa They where they planted the heist. He asked Salva to drive him to the villa, and you can see that Salva's getting nervous. Great ending, great scene. You would surely tune into season two after watching this. In conclusion, La Casa de Papel, or Money Heist, is a great TV show. It's actually a fantastic TV show. It has elements of both North American crime thrillers and 
Spanish telenovela. Fans of high-quality TV shows like Game of Thrones, The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, The Wire, Mad Men, many others are like critics. They can be quite elitist, and the last thing they would watch is a telenovela. And, you know, I'm a little bit guilty of this. I sort of look down on, on um, sort of lower-quality shows. But I guess I'm in that age now where I'm beginning to appreciate many types of art, including telenovelas, actually. But, you know, what's good with the show is fans of telenovelas, they actually just want to watch a good family drama with characters they could relate to. So I believe La Casa de Papel could be the bridge between the two worlds. Fans, uh, fans of high-quality TV shows and telenovelas can finally live together in peace. <laughs> so anyway, as for my ratings... Jay's ratings for La Casa de Papel Season 1, Money Heist Season 1, 88%. IMDb actually rated it at 8.5. Rotten Tomatoes does not have a score yet for Season 1, but the audience score is 87%. However, just to give you know a little bit of context, Rotten Tomatoes rated the entire series, so now it has three seasons now. As of the time I'm recording this, they actually rated this show 100%. So that's just show, if you haven't seen the show, that shows you, that, you know, this is actually a good sign. Because uh, the way Rotten Tomatoes actually rates their movies and TV shows is they, it's aggregate. It's like all their critics will rate it basically just a pass or fail. And they would rate how many critics they gave it a passing score and how many gave it the failure score so if you see a movie or a show in Rotten Tomatoes graded let's say 80% that basically means 80% of the critics gave it a positive score or a thumbs off and 20% said it was not good so um, the fact that Money Heist the entire series actually gets a score of 100% in Rotten Tomatoes it means that so far there's no critics yet who has given it a negative score. And so that's it. That's my reading for Money High Season 1, 88%. Excellent TV show combining uh, North American style TV shows, high quality TV shows, crime thriller with Spanish, Spanish telenovela elements. Just a fantastic TV show. Go ahead and watch it.